So, segment three this week, Anthony, our unique segment. I love how we still call it. <laughs> it's always going to be you know. segment three. Um, except Bottom. for like, when we had segment four, because we were do. mad one week. But um, as as we as we did, we did last week, we had a segment on Edge, and you know we thought, well, love is in the air. Valentine's Day has just been and gone, and so we thought it would be only right to declare our love for the Olympic gold medalist himself, the one and only Kurt Angle. And so we thought for this segment, we would come together and just talk about all the reasons why we love. He's just a sexy Kurt himself, Kurt Angle. Um, so, I mean, you might say. <laughs> I think it's um, it is it's one we've always. He seems to be someone we mm-hmm. regularly reference, and it's interesting. And we will obviously we will talk quite a lot about Kurt in this segment. But what I find the most interesting is like, and I don't know if you agree with this, Carl. But straight out the gate, I'll say, I find I appreciate him more mm. now I'm older. Does that make any sense? Like, I look back at stuff that I watched as a kid. <laughs> that Kurt was so pivotal in like storyline wise and so on like that. And I probably didn't appreciate the work he was putting in mm. then, but I look back now and you just realize how much of a fucking good worker he was. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know if you felt the same. So way, yes, but like it, it's interesting. Yes how, and like, no. So for me, um, I, I always loved him. Okay. I thought he was fantastic and I, he was proper over for me. I, I thought he was brilliant, but now looking, looking back on the career he's had, the way he's, not only got himself over, but has got so many other people over and like dragged other people up with him. Like the list of people that he's worked with and has just made look infinitely better is something that completely I missed. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like that's the, probably the the element that you appreciate Mm. when you get older is the, the the way he's helped other people. Cause you can like certain elements that we're going to talk about, like certain comedy elements, especially like, you you know, you remember that and you go, Mm -hmm. he was fucking funny then. But like, like you say, working with certain people and, 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 helping them get their push like that's something you can only i think only truly appreciate through hindsight maybe uh, you know what i mean i didn't really appreciate that at the time but i look at it now and i go he, he was a fucking excellent worker on top oh, of definitely and i think to you know to get into the main event picture when you had the likes of stone cold and the rock there and triple h and to you know come in with not many years in the business at all and you know so quickly kind of catapult yourself into that main event picture and not look out of place you know he's definitely an absolute fucking legend but yeah i think He's he's one of them characters as well. Like it, it's it the the way you put that across, it, it gets me thinking because like there's so many hits and misses in WWE or wrestling as a whole where like they'll come from a different background and they'll either fucking take to it or they won't. Now you might argue Kurt came from a similar background, but he was you know he Olympic mm-hmm. wrestler, so he understood the fundamentals of of rest like wrestling wrestling. Um, but this is a totally different ball game. So like he could have done exactly what your your pro footballers have done, and he could come into the business and not have talked to it, because there's loads of elements about like the the character work and and the mic skills and all that that he could have just been shit at for all yeah. they knew. Do you know what I mean? So it is a real testament to him how like even though yeah he understood wrestling, um you can't you can't knock him for how how well he took to the business and how it, quick it he took ba- to that. As well. Honestly, baffled me um how much charisma he had because. You talk about like the the types of people who, who come to WWE and they're like you know they're weightlifters, they are ex ex pro football players, um, they are you know athletes of all different walks of life, um, and you've got someone like Kurt Angle who is a you know Olympic gold medal wrestler, but you would never expect him to just from a charisma standpoint you know be one of the best in the whole business that has ever been, um, like yeah, it, it is literally insane. But I think the way the way that we should do this. It's like similar to what we did with Edge. If we do chronologically and we start yep. with his debut. So one of the reasons, Anthony, 
Get your <laughs> chronograph, chronograph out. out. One of the reasons I love Kurt is just the way they brought him in. So I think, you know, they've tried to do this with Mark Henry in the past. And it's like, you know, if if you kind of bring someone in and, you know, as like an All-American and like try and push them as a, as a baby face and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the way they brought Kurt in was excellent because he was an American hero. He won gold at the, you know, Olympics. But they didn't go, oh, well, everyone's with, <laughs> with a broken, broken freaking neck. I mean, that alone, that, you know, that fucking, how can you not love Kurt Angle? <laughs> but, you know, he comes in um, and they they made him this arrogant, you know, well, I'm a gold medalist and you're all just a bunch of nobodies kind of thing. And straight off the bat, it was just perfect. Like, if, you know, how many people have you seen? Think back to The Rock. He yep. brought him in as Rocky Maivia. And I was like trying to push him and everyone's like, die, Rocky, die. And he had to go heal with all these other different ways before he ended up coming back to... Baby Facebook Kurt just came in and was just so hated and despised because you couldn't argue. Yeah. To be honest, like it, it's a fair point. I can honestly, I struggle to think of people who, who hit the mark straight mm. out the gate like that. In all fairness, like you say, like even when they've tried to do that exact thing of like the the um, the all American hero kind of shtick, even like admittedly it worked a lot better with Kurt for being the, a heel run, like you say, but like. I don't know. I'm I'm honestly trying to think of one now who's had like a debut that's worked that well, and they haven't sort of modified the character all too much. Because like you say, even The Rock was Rocky mm. Maivia starting out, you know. So it's uh, it's again another testament to him. But the, I, the story wrote itself. They'd have been daft not to not to lean into it. You know what I mean? Like you say, it was right there. He was an Olympic gold medalist for wrestling. Like he could have easily been the type of person who'd look mm. down on what they do. You know, so to come in with that character is just. Well, that's it. I think it just it felt so refreshing idea. because you know how many how many times have we seen them go the opposite way and go oh well you know people will definitely cheer for him because of X Y Z like look at um you know fucking like Lex Luger and stuff like that like what what a flop they were because he just didn't have any personality or that that whole plant he was going to be the new um <laughs> well, exactly, the new home, yeah. wasn't he Luger um and it just it didn't just didn't work at all did it and then obviously with Angle you've got two ways you could have played it and for once I think they played it perfectly and you know he came in he had his he had his catchphrase mm. already he had the three eyes intensity integrity and intelligence and it was just he was such a dick and it was so good you know what I mean like everybody you, you'd love <laughs> to hate the guy um and I don't know just he, he was just just a fantastic debut and what you know the first of what we've already kind of alluded to the amount of people he worked with and helped elevate you know he started on like a, an undefeated streak which as you would expect because Kurt Angle, he's a fucking gold medalist. And, you know, when Taz debuted, he went up against Kurt Angle and handed him his first loss. He put him in a Taz mission, choked him out, and straight away, you've just elevated Taz to everybody because, you know, this guy has made a debut and initially straight away broken his streak. And do you know what that, like, you can see in modern day product that is a really tough thing to have where, like, Kurt can take a loss, but it's it's that way. Like, Kurt doesn't really lose from it because he's still a badass and he's still tough to beat. So it helps elevate Taz, like you know what I mean. Like the WWE, they really struggle to strike a balance these days of going, well, we'll hand them losses and then mm. it kind of weakens them. But like, like you say, we had that that undefeated run. We we know he's a tough bastard. So when Taz came in and did that, what did it do? It made you think, fucking Taz is like, because he was not the the tallest guy in the world, and that was kind of the point, wasn't it? But like you say, you locked in that submission, and you knew that was a devastating submission, and this is a guy yeah. to watch. Absolutely. Um, so straight away, he's putting putting people over already, um, and then it, as, as you said, it didn't it didn't hurt his career at all. He put Taz over, and then just went on a fantastic um, 
you know, streak then off the back of that as well became, you know, I always remember him as the Euro Continental Champion. You know, the European Championship. I just, I fucking love that Euro- <laughs> European belt. I miss it so much. And it was back when the IC title still meant something. So the fact that he was there and able to hold both of them belts at the same time and just like, you know, two belts, his gold medals, and he just, he was just fucking, you know, he looked like the dog's bollocks, didn't he? Like, this guy is legit. He's got two belts. Yeah. He's a gold medalist. And then, like, one of the best matches from, from his that time, that era as well, is the triple threat match that he had. So it was him, Jericho and Benoit, um, and both of his titles were on the line um, in this triple threat match. And he lost both yeah. of them and didn't get pinned once. And it was just, it was fantastic because obviously Benoit pinned uh, Jericho, Jericho pinned Benoit. And he's just, and it, it, you know, his character work and the way he, you know, handled it off the back of it, it was just so good. I remember that just being one of the, probably my match of the year for, for, the, for the year that happened as well. So just so good, so good. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that despite holding two belts, no one called him KT two belts at any point. <laughs> well, it was a different time. You didn't have Michael Cole on the fucking commentary saying the same <laughs> fucking, you know, catchphrase over and over again to try and make it marketable. Um, but yeah, he was just, he was so good to come <laughs> in and straight away, you know, like getting the belts and stuff, that made sense. You know, he was legitimate. He, you know, had improved in the ring. He was, he was fantastic at this point. He's also had the whole legitimacy of being a Olympic gold medalist. So straight away he had that as well. But he was also starting to dip his toe in the water of like other angles, <laughs> pun intended, um, at this point. Um, and one that I thought was another fantastic angle. So how many times have we seen soap opera angles in WWE just be so awful? Like look at look at the Mysterio uh-huh. stuff recently, you know, with um, What's-His-Face Murphy and Aaliyah. So like all that kind of... <laughs> look at what they've done with it since. Like uh, we don't know well, where exactly. to go with this Absolutely now. fuck all. And, you know, for him, Triple H and Stephanie deserve a massive amount of credit because they took a soap opera storyline and made it fucking you know entertaining and you know there was a bit there where you know stephanie and triple h were arguing a little bit and like stephanie got injured kurt carried her back to the um into the back kind of thing and then she kind of woke up and they ended up kissing and it was like a cliffhanger and it but as a wrestling fan you'd be like oh god like today if, <laughs> if that happened and it was a cliffhanger with fucking you know buddy murphy and Aaliyah, you'd be like oh my god but this, you would like, oh my god, and it meant something. And the fact that he was able to do that—it's crazy how that works, isn't it? Because, like you say, you're genuinely like, like invested in well, it. Well, exactly. And I don't know how they did it because it is still cheesy, daft soap opera type storylines. But um, yeah, they are as much more invested. And maybe it's because, you know, before they got into all that, like they built up so much love for the likes of Triple H and for the likes of Kurt. Um, it's probably at the time not so much Steph because I think she wasn't playing a likable mm. character. But you know what I mean, like. Um, it is interesting, like how they got us that invested. That we we're, we're sat here with this soap opera storyline, going, "Oh God, poor, poor <laughs> Triple H," and that's the one and only time anyone has ever Assuming thought that like about Triple H. H Adam. Um, but no, it was just. It. <laughs> I don't know. Some people love him, even even if he's a no, bad. I, I, I was I was always a bad anyway. Sorry, cool. um, but no, I just think yeah, it was so refreshing. He was able to do that, and obviously, you know, fair play to you know Trips and, and Steph as well um, for making it work so well. But it wasn't the only McMahon. That he worked with was it Anthony? A match that you talk about quite frequently. I do talk about quite frequently because it, it points out not only the work from Kurt, but like the, the Shane being just an absolute <laughs> fucking lunatic. Like fair play to him, he's been willing to put his body on the line so much. And this isn't a segment about Shane, so I won't talk about him too much. But let's talk about their match at King of the Ring. Now these matches get so many different titles 
so many different titles that I couldn't. I, I, I basically falls counted anywhere. I think it was it an ODQ, whatever you want to call it at that time. But they could fight anywhere they fucking wanted. That was kind of the point. Um, and let's start by saying, you know, Kurt, that Shane isn't a wrestler, right? And I feel bad even saying that at this point when he's done like almost decades worth of wrestling, I still go, he's not a wrestler. Uh, but Shane, especially at this point, wasn't a wrestler, wrestler, right? And um, obviously, we had the reliance on care to help put this over. But um, my God, they're both willing to punish each other here. Like, they, they put their bodies on the line together with this. And that, that and the reason it gets mentioned a lot, but that's um, shot through the, um, the, the uh, I don't, it was proper glass, actually. I was going to say <laughs> no, glass, it was glass, yeah, proper sure. glass, I don't know. But, it was the wrong fucking glass anyway, and it did not break. Should have broke, did not break. And what did he do, Carl? Yeah. Keep going until it breaks. <laughs> and not just not just do. through one, <laughs> through two of the fuckers. <laughs> not just one. I mean... <laughs> and that's just absolute punishment. It's probably, like, this was me getting into wrestling mm. as well, bear in mind. So, like, this is me getting to know Kurt and Shane, and what a <laughs> fucking match this is. Like, I, I will go back and watch this match. It now. is honestly insane. unbelievable. I think I, I have watched it back, like, once or twice since. Um, it's just, it, it is mental. Mm. Um, and just to think, again, it's another example of Kurt just taking somebody and managing to get a fucking memorable, crazy match. And, you know, I'm not disrespecting Taz here, because Taz is, was fantastic as well. But when I, when I think of Taz matches, mm. not many of them jump out at me as like, oh, this was awesome. Do I, do I remember him fucking beating Kurt Angle? Yes, I absolutely do. You know, Shane McMahon, yeah. you, you think of back to his matches, you know. I remember him doing that fall from fucking God knows where. I, I think it was against the Big Show, maybe. I can't even remember that match that well. See, that's the funny thing with that fall. Yeah. You remember the you fall? You remember the fall. You don't, I, you like, don't I, I honestly don't remember who. I think it was the Big Show, and I think Tess was there at some point in Shane's corner, maybe. But, you know, I could be wrong. Whereas when you think of Shane McMahon matches, you remember Shane and Kurt. <laughs> and you remember this match. Yeah. So... You remember Jesus, the match, so. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, and yet that's, it always goes down as one of my favourite Kurt matches and probably my only favourite Shane match, <laughs> in all fairness. But yeah, it definitely needs a mention at, the, at this point because this is, um, was he even a heel at this point? I don't even know where he was at this point because um, we were we were authority figure uh, loaded, weren't we? So maybe Shane was being the bad guy. Those sort of elements, just watch the match. Don't fucking matter. <laughs> watch the fucking match. Um, be prepared for a bloodbath. Um <laughs> But no, so obviously you've got that, which is fantastic. And it's mad that he can go, you know, a completely high-intensity match of, you know, throwing people through fucking glass windows and stuff all the way through to just, like, the crazy shit that he's done, like, all the comedy angles. Like, and there's nobody, like, legitimately looking back across all of wrestling. You know, there's been stuff with The Rock that's made me laugh quite a bit. You know, there's been one or two bits of Triple H in Austin. Kurt Angle has probably been the one to consistently make me laugh the most in pro wrestling. Or hundred percent, which is again insane. Thinking of like, how can he have such charisma um, to kind of go into a you know this kind of profession from being a, a gold medal fucking wrestler to being the the funniest pro wrestler of all time is a crazy transition. Yeah, exactly, and that's the funny thing. Like some of the stuff he's done, and um, <laughs> In- insane like, amount of stuff he's done. He had um, like. There was um, so obviously we, we kind of brought it up a little bit, didn't we? Last uh, when we talked about Edge last week, he was involved with them in different little skits, um, you know, fucking the um, five second pose or ten second pose, whatever. He was involved with them for a bit, but yeah. like him and Edge did some great stuff as well. I remember, you know, Edge was holding up um, photos or something, and it had words on the back that was basically saying Angle sucks and this kind of stuff, and all that happened. Then he had Edge kind of doing the whole 
You Suck thing, which got into his entrance music. He had, you know, all, exactly, all this yeah. kind of shit all the way into the fucking hair versus hair stuff down the line as well. But he had all this. But there was also just the the comedy elements with the likes of Stone Cold and stuff as well. Like, when he put that cowboy hat on, my days. <laughs> so, so, so oh, funny. And you can see, like, you can see everybody corpsing. There was one point, and I think it was... The, the same episode. Like, sorry, it was like the same episode. Good. I think it was. Um, again, Stone Cold and um, and Kurt Angle trying to kiss. They're trying to make Vince feel better or something. I can't remember the exact storyline. Might be around the invasion angle. Um, but they're trying to cheer Vince up, and Kurt just sat there and like, um, you know. <laughs> so first, like Stone Cold's playing on a guitar, and then um, he gets Kurt Angle wanted a tiny little fucking banjo, um. And he's like, you know, playing it all cool. But then he, he gets the guitar from Stone Cold to play a proper song. And he starts singing um, Jimmy Cracks Corn and I Don't Care. And <laughs> he starts singing it and you can just see Vince go. And he has to stand up and walk out of shot because he's because he's laughing. And when do, <laughs> when do you ever make Vince McMahon? You know, when do you ever make Vince break? That's so that just goes to show how funny he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like that. Like, um, to be fair, Vince has been impeccably good mm-hmm. at staying in character to the point that you think... Is he just an angry, bossy guy anyway? <laughs> Probably, but uh, he's always been really good at staying in his character. To be fair, so if you if you if you're breaking him into into fits of laughter, you're doing something oh right God. there, aren't you? To and be obviously, fair. Um, again, like like the work he did with Austin. So we talk about all this kind of stuff, but obviously synonymous with Angle is the whole the whole milk truck. So back in the Attitude Era days, you had obviously the beer course, truck Angle yeah. with Stone Cold and Vince, and you know, for it's just so fitting that you know. Because Kurt was, you, you had, you know, obviously Austin was there just down in the beers and stuff. So it made so much sense for Kurt Angle to be like, well, I like milk. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, for, the, for him to then do the same thing, but with milk, it was just fucking, just so funny. Like, I can't speak any higher of his comedic prowess. It was so funny. I'm sure, I don't know if it was a deliberate connection or not, but like, they even alluded back to that milk thing a few times. Because didn't he like have a, like a drinking contest with Brock? But it was with milk. As well. <laughs> honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. It's um, I, I could honestly, I think because um, Brock, I think was able to chug like a, a couple of gallons mm. worth. Do you know what I mean? But I, I, you know, it's like that classic sort of drinking game. But they were using milk. I, I always remember that on, on just a random episode of SmackDown. But they do kind of allude back to that a couple no, of times. No, definitely. Um, it was just it's just so good. But um, I touched on it briefly. But I remember um, you talking about it last week as well. Just that whole kind of edge rivalry. Yeah, I mean. This whole thing, like, what always impresses me with the whole edge rivalry, and it, obviously this is just the the, I suppose the the ultimately where it led rather than the rivalry itself. But like, they managed to get over a stupid mm. concept, like, and as daft as it sounds, it's like that whole classic thing that you you mention it a few times in the podcast where you turn um or chicken <laughs> shit into chicken salad. Yeah. I think is the term you use, and it this is one of them things where it's like they've gone. And I'm sure the angle was deliberate to go, well, Kurt's losing his hair, so we need an excuse for him to... I don't know why they needed to have a storyline excuse for him to cut his hair off. There you go. But, you know, they ended up with this hair versus hair match, and the pair of them sold it like fuck. And I actually cared who won. <laughs> and you honestly, for a second, believed that it might not have been Edge. Like, oh, yeah, Edge is going to lose his hair. Like, that was mm-hmm. ever going to happen, do you know what I mean? And um, to be honest, I don't know why it impresses me so much, but the fact that they got over something that's so stupid and that they've tried to do again a couple of times... And it's never really worked quite the same. I think it's a testament to both of them. But um, again, this all falls down to Kurt's comedy elements. And like, bear in mind, after this match, he he done this whole <laughs> that whole daft thing where he had a clearly really bad wig 
and that um, the wrestling <laughs> sort of helmet to keep it in place. And he did that for, it felt like months, it might have only been weeks, but the fact he kept doing that as well afterwards, he's just really selling the whole thing. Like he weren't happy that he lost and he's just trying to deny it ever happened. And that again, falls back into that whole comedy element. His character work was phenomenal. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> he was just, he was so good. I remember just being like, uh, he just denied it. He was like, no, what are about? This is my hair, just grew back. And stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the next day, it was so funny. Um, <laughs> But then another, yeah. I guess, another um, thing to call out again of like people he elevated or you know helped make and things like that is, you know, you've got to think about um, Team Angle because like they, mm. pff, like again, so obviously it was the world's world's greatest tag team, wasn't it? It was a uh, was it Shelton and yeah. Charlie Haas. So for them to be come straight out of the gates, because they were fucking good, they were good. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? Like I don't know why, right? And we we might as well talk about this now. I don't know why, but. You always try and like. Uh, uh, part of me looks back on that and goes, "Ah, oh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a great run for them. That like didn't didn't execute well. That." But then I'm like, "That was the best thing either of them mm. did." All due respect to them, like no offense to either of them, and you you know they never ended up being like the biggest tag team in the world. So you like, uh, I suppose on paper you could say, "Well, it didn't mm. work." Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm like, it did work because when they were with Kurt, when they were doing that work, that was probably the best stuff they did. Like no offense to Shelton now, and it's nice to see him back. And I was a fan, but like I don't think he's he's had anywhere near the prominence or the fun or anything that he's had when he was in this whole world's greatest. I, team I mean, angle. both of them had typical WWE. They split up and had singles runs, and both of them didn't really go much further. No, I I was either. legit bought into these um, as as a tag team, and I think mm. it was another side of Kurt Angle to be like the leader of a stable, which was something he'd never really done before. Yeah. But it was like these two guys he brought in. It was like okay. I've got, you know, these guys, we're, we're team angle now, gave them the rub in that sense to, you know, then have tag championships and stuff. And for a while, you know, while they were together, yeah. they were like the dog's bollocks of tag teams. Like they, Yeah. I feel like, and it might just be me because it's my, my perspective looking back in the past. Like I seem to forget them a lot, but like, I think they're underappreciated mm. as a faction. You know, like when you talk about like good factions, like they don't really get a mention, but what they did, they did really well. So it's a shame in no, some definitely. senses, really. Um, but they weren't the only the only young up and comer that uh, Kurt worked with because uh, there was a certain guy that you might not be able to see um, who made his debut uh, <laughs> with uh, Mister Angle as well. Um, so that <laughs> well, technically, technically, two people, Carl. <laughs> Let's not forget the phenomenal B squared. Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to him? Remember B squared? Um, <laughs> yeah, this was um, obviously. The, the whole ruthless aggression era, uh, ruthless aggression era, wasn't it with um, <laughs> with Kurt and you know him actually ushering in that era with John Cena, who was a no like an unknown at that time, to have him come in and just get yeah. absolutely battered by this uh, kid that we've never seen before, um, and obviously just only just managed to win it at the last second. Um, again, just speaks volumes to the work he he does to to put people over, and you know like who 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 else could John Cena have come in and, and fought and put on that good of a show with at that time. Like no one else was going to do that for him. And for him to be able to do that against the likes of Kurt Angle, mm. you know, I'm sure C- Cena must be fucking over. I know that initial run never really worked out that well for him. It, he had to go through the whole um, rap rap thing, didn't he? No, this is the thing. But I think that's what it needed though, because he was very, um, there wasn't a mm. lot to his character, was there? Like they had the whole, and people alluded back to it in WrestleMania this year, alluded back to the whole ruthless aggression thing. But it's like, there wasn't much to his character. He needed that work. But like you say, fair play to Kurt for putting mm-hmm. over what he was 
at the no, time. Definitely. You know and I mean? it's funny that after they had that work, you know, <laughs> they did cross paths again and something oh, which oh, we yes, just talk did. about all the time has just been so fucking funny. Still one of my fucking highlights of my childhood wrestling um, viewing, to be fair. Phenomenal. And uh, on, on, you can't beat it. I mean, Cena was like, he was white hot at this point. People were loving the gimmick. It was really, as much as like he became like a fucking dynasty, as it were, as, as I think CM Punk liked to put it. Um, you know, at this point, it was fresh. It was different. People were loving the whole rap thing. I think he was a heel, but he's one of them heels that a lot of people liked at the time because, he, you know, he'd come out with his attitude and he'd do his, uh, cut his, his raps and all that. And then uh, what do we get? We get one of the best fucking <laughs> rap battles ever between him and Kurt. And it still holds up. Now. I just, it's it's fantastic. And the ref <laughs> randomly beatboxing that was random. I just as well. like the guy is just an absolute legend. For him to just be there, take his cap, put it on sideways, do his little rap, but then like the the way he's doing that, like I'd lose it still every time I watch that video where he just he finds his groove and he just starts dancing for a bit. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I legitimately just like start like cry laughing whenever I see that. It's just so funny. That's the amazing thing. Like no one could execute no. it better than that. And it's it's just awesome. But um, but it's things like that that I know Cena was doing well, and he probably still would have done well. So I'm not giving all the credit to Kurt in all fairness. But like stuff like this, getting into feuds like this, and getting that sort of attention and that sort of push, and and getting to do those back and forth. This is what made Cena mm. in his early years. You know, this is what helped propel him to where he to be one of the biggest, well, the biggest name in fucking wrestling. Um, and you got the likes of Angle, who's always been like throughout his career, the type of guy who'd put yeah. people over, and he'd try try his best to put people over. Like, it, it's no surprise that Angle was one of the one of the better or the best feud of uh, seen as early years. And I think in terms of putting people over as well, you can't again and another one of the biggest names in the whole world of wrestling, Brock. So you have that match at WrestleMania 19. Um, like, oh yeah, that's the one with the fabled. Uh, it is. It is. So obviously, so it did go a bit <laughs> south at the end, but um, so obviously, but it was a good match. And to be fair, that was a move that he pulled yeah. off so many times. Just, I mean, obviously, really, but. Um, Kurt also has a podcast now, so I recommend you go and check that out. Um, he's obviously in his first or second week, I think. Um, obviously, with Conrad Thompson, who does a lot of other podcasts. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's, he's a newbie <laughs> yeah, guy. Check, check him out. You, you might have heard of him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's only got a couple of million but, um, no like he, he, he mentioned <laughs> on that episode because it gets brought up talking about Wrestlemania 19 and it was him that convinced Brock to do the shooting star press and obviously he feels a bit bad about it now because it didn't get, but um, but again he's done it so many times you, you, you couldn't well, have known it, it wasn't going to land you know he put no it, way anyone could have he, he put it in quite a you know he articulated it quite well I, I thought where either way you were getting a moment so it could have been that he landed it perfectly and you know it was like holy shit Brock Lesnar just did a shooting star press and it was amazing what an athlete or you know he fucks it up which unfortunately it did go that way and we still talk about it to this day like remember that time oh yeah that's the match where Brock Lesnar fucked up um, so you know you still yeah. got your WrestleMania moments but before all that happened like what a fucking what a suplexy technical contest this was just two guys and because this is the funny thing. Like Brock gets a really bad rep now for coming in and suplex, 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 F five, that kind of thing, and it like you know a, few, a handful of moves. This is a real showcase mm-hmm. of Brock as a wrestler. That you, I mean, he's one of them, and I'm sure that this is his approach now. Is that he's like, well, he gets big money and does a couple of matches, and he's not yeah. going to hurt himself. I'm sure that's how he does it now, because who wouldn't do it that way, especially after you've wrestled for so long? But and 
UFC, which is bound to have took its toll as well. Um, but if you want to see Brock like in his prime WWE wrestling days, this is the match to watch, or certain definitely one of them. But this, this for me is one of the, my favorite yeah. Brock oh, matches. 100%. And it's a bit of a unfortunate well, that's finish, it. And but... I think the thing that not a lot of people know about this match is after he does that shooting star press, obviously he's concussed to fuck because he just landed on his own head, all 300 pounds of him. Um, he's just landed on his own head. He doesn't even know where he is. So at this point, Kurt's like talking to him saying like, do you know where you are? And effectively Kurt has to take this match home himself. He has to bait like, and, and don't, uh, you know, don't forget yeah. this is a, a point where, Kurt Angle's neck is fucked. It's a, it's about to get fused to his spine. You know, he's he's already broken his neck. He's been wrestling for all these years. He's in a tremendous amount of pain. And this was probably... I'm not sure, but I can't mm. actually remember whether this was his last match or um, it was certainly towards the end of his um, tenure with WWE for the first. Exactly. And this is like the, the closing minutes of yeah, quite a long and like, match. Yeah, and he has to basically, you know, get up with like no neck himself, put himself in the F5, take the F5, Take the loss, get Brock to win the belt, and then you know remind him he's got to go and like hug him at the end and raise his hand and to put him over and stuff. And Brock doesn't know where he is, and it's crazy because you know there's been footage released since you know after this match, and they're trying to send Brock to the hospital, and he just he's you want to see it? He's like a fucking wild animal. He's grunting, he's like <laughs> pushing people, knocking shit over because he doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what's happening. All he knows is he doesn't want to get in an ambulance. So yeah, he's confused and people are like trying to force insane, him somewhere. Honestly, absolutely. Yeah. So for Crazy Angle to stuff, be able man. to just you know carry that and stuff as well as just yeah, <laughs> I like the way you put it. It's like put himself in the F like mm-hmm. F five himself <laughs> yeah. using Brock as an well, advice. You know, it it yeah. is insane. And you know, unfortunately, I don't know what um whether you watched much of this and stuff, but you know, not long after this, he he, he you know he did leave um, WWE uh, at the time. I know he had a couple of personal battles and demons and things like that and he, he ended up finding a home in TNA for a bit and I didn't really unfortunately I wasn't really watching much TNA at that time I've since you know seen yeah go on. see I was really a TNA guy but um I'm given to understand Angle came along around the time that they were just throwing as many sort of previous big names at the company as they could so we I think this was around the time Bischoff and Hogan and that were heavily mm. involved in TNA um and, and various bits like that. And I know he was really well liked uh, and he did a lot of good work there. But again, it's not something I could talk about too much either. But I also, as you say, this is around the time he was probably struggling with a few personal yeah, definitely. issues. But as I well. think um, like I've seen stuff since, like of his time in TNA. And he, he looks like he's done, you know, some fantastic stuff there as well. He looked like a fucking crazy, crazy bastard. Mm. He was doing moonsault, moonsaults off things. <laughs> one thing where he just did a fucking running cannonball jump off the stage at one point. And it was just like. Holy shit! You think he did moonsault off cage? He's done like load of crazy shit while he was there. I think he, he I'm not sure if he was in the main event mafia, yeah. maybe. Um, but yeah, you know, he certainly had a successful TNA run. Um, yeah, he, I dare say he was one of the highlights in a struggle oh, TNA he, he as well. Been probably one of the only highlights, but you know, luckily he did manage to come back to the WWE not too long ago. Um, found his, his way back, home. and obviously that. Um, that debut match of uh, Ronda Rousey, I remember us watching it live together and just thinking... Yeah, and again, I think we've mm-hmm. we've credited this. I can't remember how we ended up talking about it, but we've credited, like, obviously, Rousey was new to wrestling. You know, a hell of an athlete, but new to wrestling. And Steph isn't really a wrestler, so this match was sort of carried on the expertise and experience of the likes of oh, Kurt and Triple H. Um, and I know we've, we've talked about that in a previous um, podcast, but... Uh, 
it, it was a lot better match than it probably deserved to be. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great showing for Rousey, and I think the likes of Kurt and Triple H and Steph allowed Rousey to shine at the right times in the right ways. And Kurt Angle, you know, again very selfless as as being the whole theme throughout all of this um, segment is just showcasing another future star and. Yeah, he was in the match to be the name and to make you know to make up the whole um, mixed tag team match, but he didn't overshadow it. Even though it was his return as well, it was all about Rousey. He did everything he could to make it about Rousey. Um, and yeah, I just thought yeah. again, just another classic example and the fact that he could kind of come home, as we've said, and you know finish things. Well, that's what it is. That that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. Like he, he came home. WWE. Yeah. That's how it feels. And uh, and it was good. To, I I honestly and I don't know what it is, but. It, Something about his last run in WWE just felt a bit rushed towards yeah. the end there, like which is a real shame. But it, for what for the length of time we got him, and for you know the whole GM thing that he stuck around for, so he was an on-screen personality rather than a wrestler. And that, awesome, I was made up with that. But yeah, I don't know. It just felt like maybe just because because I wanted more. Cause mm. It was cool to see him back, but it just felt no. Like I agree with that. I, I feel like he was um, the victim of some really poor booking. Obviously, he had the whole Jason Jordan storyline, and that didn't really go anywhere. Um, yeah. like even that, like that, because did Jason go off? Yeah, he go off on injury or something? Because the story, as as daft as it was, never even got no. To so we had that, and obviously, um, his his final retirement match was against Baron Corbin of all people in a losing effort. So it didn't really do anything for Corbin, unfortunately. But that's yeah. not Angle's fault. It's a, it's a shame, but no, it is a real shame that for someone who spent his career being really excellent, even at putting people over. It's a shame that like he didn't get to do that, do it like because like you say, he didn't do a lot for no. Corbin, which he should have, because that's how he wanted to do it. He wanted to put over a younger talent on yeah. his way out the door. And don't be wrong, I've I've been commending Corbin the last few weeks as much as I've not been a fan of the character, and we've mentioned in the past about um, X Pac heat rather than heat heat. Um, but like Corbin is a professional, do you know what I mean? He's working working his ass off every week and. I, I think he is going to be a, a mainstay. I, I dare say we're going to get to a point down the line, Carl, where you and I are both going to be commending him. Um, because the last few weeks I've seen him and he's trying to sort of work with Dominic in again what is kind of a rubbish storyline. You know, he, he deserved the push. It just, sadly, it didn't mm. do anything for him, like you say. That's no, definitely. Point, I mean, which is luckily shame. we did get to see Kurt go into the Hall of Fame. Um, a fantastic Hall of Fame uh, speech and stuff it was as well. Um I think one of the things that that shone from his Hall of Fame speech was when he, he just said like don't be afraid to take a chance and you know make yourself look silly and you know take a risk and do some crazy stuff and you know he's the prime example of showing that you can do that and you know look we we've got a whole episode dedicated to him See, of how fondly we remember him. That that is of it's it's that that comment don't be afraid mm. to look silly because that's exactly he was never afraid like let's face it that rap battle could have made him look really silly. Like he could have even, he could have just done the rap battle and got his ass out of there as well. But you know, he put a dance in there as well because he was just in the moments and he mm-hmm. weren't afraid to look silly. Like any, most other people in his shoes, if I was in his shoes, I'd have done my lines and got yeah. out of there. Do you know what I mean? He, uh, he sold the fuck out of that because he wasn't afraid to be Absolutely. a little bit silly and, and do something different. You know what I mean? And I think that is a totally amazing point that he, he makes to the younger talent. Like, don't worry about it. Just give your all to whatever well, angle you're giving us. Even the Kurt angle. Um, <laughs> even and then the obviously he, he finished that Hall of Fame uh, speech with, you know, his two bottles of milk, Stone Cold style. Absolutely swilled himself in only the best <laughs> way you could. So, yeah, I just think um, I'm absolutely baffled 
um, and shocked at the fact that they've released him. I yeah. I was disgusted Insane. when I found that out. And fine, he may not have been the in an yeah. on-screen role or anything like that, but you know the amount of, as a trainer as you know some capacity to give back to this business that he's so fucking brilliant at. I think that's the thing. Like, there's so many ways they could have tried to use that man's talent because, like, he's been in the business for that long. Like you say, trainer, booker, even on a creative side of things, I reckon he could have added some value. He still, he still could have added value as an on-screen personality if they hadn't fucked it up. He could, I definitely. Like, let's be honest. I would sooner him be in the Adam Pearce role. Absolutely, I would. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. If they just said to him, "You're going to be the guy who does both shows." who basically, when they need someone to dispute over a match or whatever, you're the guy. And he, he became that Adam Pearce character. Let's face it, it works for Regal. Regal is that exact character yep. for NXT. I have no issue with that. He does. He's not overpowering on the show because it's William Regal. He doesn't show up all the time. He's there when he's needed, and it's good to see him yep. when you see him. That That's what they could have done with Kurt. That could have been the perfect situation. Yep, absolutely. But yeah, unfortunately, he, he's no longer there anymore. But fortunate news for us is that hopefully, all being well and good, we are looking forward to meeting Kurt in May at For the Love of Wrestling 2 yeah. and the wrestling convention in Liverpool. You know, it looks less and less likely as the days go on and we are in a lockdown, but holding out hope that we will get to meet this Olympic hero. Um, we obviously... Um, With any luck, fingers crossed, man, fingers crossed. Uh, at some point we have to meet him because I've got me Kurt Angle velour tracksuit <laughs> there, you know, same one that he wore in the rap battle. And I'll oh, be yeah, turning up definitely. in that. Um, but no, we, uh, we we were lucky enough to speak with him as well not too long ago. Um, obviously, he started his own podcast now. Um, we wanted to see what his availability was yeah. of obviously coming on this show and stuff. And he did say he was inundated with a um, shitload of podcasts. Well, as you can imagine, you know, like he is probably one of the most popular wrestlers um, for any wrestling fan. And yeah, I can I can totally understand him being inundated. That just makes a lot of sense because uh, we well, wouldn't exactly. want to be just Kurt. a sexy Kurt, isn't he? But um, who knows? We will reach <laughs> back out um, in the around June time, and who knows? Maybe we will one day get this absolute legend on the show. But what a career! And let's face it, because oh, we we want him on the show so we can tell him how much we think he's awesome. So like, well, exactly. who wouldn't want to hear? Who that? wouldn't want to hear that? I mean, <laughs> I'm going to send him this episode after this, and after he watches it, you know, I'm sure he'll be on next of week's course. show. Um, but no, what a what a career, what a legend, just, he's he's our Valentine, this Valentine's Day, because we love the guy, and just think he's fantastic, and I think he's an, he's right. like an unsung hero as well for me in, in this in this business. Um, he really and is. He's still, my, my dream match, and, you know, it, it's got to be up there, I've, I'm undecided yet whether it's, good. I'm going to stick with the triple threat just for the point of this, it's, it's going to be Kurt Angle, Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect, triple threat match, that would be... That would be my wet dream of wrestling, right there. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> another segment: Carl's wet dreams of wrestling. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> there we go. But uh, no, that would be. Imagine, imagine being able to do that uh, kind yeah. of match. Ooh. Ooh. The trouble with dream bookings, man. You get to think I about know. those possibilities. But yeah, um, hopefully you enjoyed this little segment. Um, we have got a couple of other exciting segments coming up in the next weeks, uh, weeks and months, but. Yeah, we wanted to just shine a bit of spotlight and show a bit of love for Kurt Angle on this week in our Valentine's special. So, Kurt, raise Kurt your gla- legend. It's <laughs> raise, true. Raise your glass it's of milk. Damn I've true. only got water, but we'll raise it to Kurt. <laughs> to Kurt. And so that was it. That was the segment. And we will be back after this thing. You're watching. 
or listening to A to the K. 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 These guys are awesome. Check it out. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later.